0: Hello and welcome to Loud and Clear, a podcast by Lerma, where we talk to people who give a shit about advertising. I am your host, Francisco Cárdenas. On this special edition, we bring to you a conversation in the form of a recently pre-recorded webinar we organized with leaders of the marketing industry and special guest and moderator from AdAge. This conversation is about diversity and inclusion, a topic that for those who know Pete Lerma and our agency understand is close to our heart and take very seriously. It is something that we're happy many brands and leaders are talking about today. Let's take a listen to Pete Lerma introducing the panelists of what we hope becomes an ongoing conversation on how to become more diverse and inclusive in all aspects of our lives. Enjoy.
1: First of all, I am Pete Lerma. I'm the principal and founder of Lerma, and we are a multicultural agency in Dallas, Texas. And I'd like to welcome our panelists, our moderator, and our audience for this important, really important conversation. We called this event the Big Reset, diversity and inclusion from today on. And it was referencing what uh, I heard at the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis, which was that as a society, we were resetting our priorities, time with loved ones uh, or work-life balance, that kind of a thing. And as the George Floyd killing fueled this discussion about equality, this movement for equality, what I saw were eyes opening to systemic oppression. And I heard people saying, I wanna be a part of the solution. And in our work as an agency, we've seen companies asking themselves, have we done enough to promote equality? Should we say something? What do our employees and our customers need from a brand like ours? And in the coming months and years, we're gonna see a lot of companies making significant strides in diversity and inclusion. And it's long overdue, it's the right thing to do. And studies have shown that a diverse workforce can actually make your business more profitable. So what I've been telling clients is is don't fear making a misstep um, or, or don't let that fear keep you from taking action. If your company is genuinely committed to change, we believe that your employees, your partners, your customers will support you along your journey. And so we decided to host a conversation about diversity and inclusion and hear from high-level marketing executives on what they think about how best to move forward. Our panelists today are Sandy Edgar, professor at Timberland Advertising Institute and principal for Inclusivista, a diversity and inclusion consultancy, Kevin Hamilton, the head of marketing, media, PR, and strategy for Avocados from Mexico, Mark Patrick, Senior Vice President of Marketing for Beyond Meat, and we're thrilled to have Lindsay Rittenhouse, writer for Advertising Age, as our moderator. I thank you all for caring about this topic and for participating in what we hope is the first in many valuable conversations around diversity and inclusion. Lindsay?
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Pete and Lerma, um, for inviting me to moderate this very important discussion. So I'm just I'm very happy to be here. Um, be a part of this. So, just want to dive right in. Um, first, uh, let's talk about the value your companies place on cultural inclusion in their branding and marketing efforts. Um, can you tell us about that? Whoever wants to start.
3: Sure, I'll uh, I'll jump in. So so hey, hello everybody, and uh, and thanks, uh, Pete Lerman, for putting this together. Uh, chance to to talk. Um, you know, because we're we're uh we're in a, a year that nobody could have seen coming, so we can't do this enough. Um the value um around around this topic I think I think is enormous um for for me uh at, at Beyond Meat and I think you know it's an enormous um topic uh you know for for, for for me personally, right? And I think it is a topic that I think you have to think about both personally and professionally. You can't avoid that. And so um you know, it's it's really uh, I think more uh, at the forefront now than ever. You know, I always begin. You know, as people ask me that question, the first thing I say is, you know, I've been black all my life. So, uh, <laughs> so I've been. It's something that has been top of mind all my life. And I think when you you start to then uh, look at it through the lens of a brand and your company, um, you have to bring those personal um, uh, meanings into it and you know, the value that we place on it is is, is the value uh, of, of connecting with consumers and things that, you know, are really important to them. And so as this year has unfolded in a way that uh, none of us could have seen, it becomes even more important because it's just, it's so amplified uh, everywhere, so.
2: Yeah. Kevin, do you want to go next about uh, talking about the value your company places on cultural inclusion through its branding? Yeah,
4: sure. Yeah. Sure, uh, you know, at Albuquerque's from Mexico, we we place quite a bit of value on it, not only from a, you know, a, a business uh, actuarial standpoint, uh, but also uh, from the standpoint of, of what we do and how we do it. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, for example, uh, we're a company that, uh, using the term that you've heard before in terms of uh, general pop, uh, that is uh, you know, majority-minority, frankly. Um uh, we we uh, have a heavy focus on uh, specifically the Hispanic market as well um, as a major uh, foundation for uh, what we do uh, from a business standpoint. Uh, certainly, as we focus on the general market space, uh, that space, as we all know, is continuing to diversify uh, in the United States. And uh, as such, we make sure that we uh, include the notion of diversity and inclusion um, and all of the values that come with that um, throughout everything we're doing, um, especially from the standpoint of uh, the asset creation component, that piece of it that we, uh, that we execute and that I lead in terms of television commercials, radio ads, out-of-home uh, activities, and working with our uh, agencies to uh, ensure uh, that we're on the right side of that conversation with our actual assets. Uh, we partner with the CHER organization as well for this. We also partner with other uh, um, data providers. ACE Metrics is one in which we can um, really evaluate our assets, our creative assets, uh, in such a way that we can understand that uh, uh, if there is uh, any sort of problem, we can uh, gain those insights and make uh, the appropriate changes. So certainly, from a from a business standpoint. Uh, as well as uh, call it on the inside of the house and what we're doing internally. uh, We place a pretty high value on this.
2: Okay. Sandy, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I'll share sort of
5: a different perspective from academia where, you know, every day we work with four different generations of people from Baby boomers on up through Generation Z, so that's exciting. But I will say there's a lot of work to do in academia overall. Um, but at the end of the day, we want to think about like what actions can we take individually to make sure our colleagues and students have presence at the table, all voices are heard and included, and then how are we providing opportunities across the board? And I will say that This is a bigger statement leading into some more heading, but I think we're way beyond the language of appeasement and we must authentically fight for fairness and champion change at this point. That's a big statement to make, but I'm excited and encouraged to see where this is heading.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now we know the role that brands play in honoring multiculturalism and advancing cultural inclusivity is is very important, but I wanna hear from you guys, in your opinion, what does that role really look like? I mean, how important is it for brands to you know, honor multiculturalism and advance cultural inclusivity?
4: Well, yeah, I'll take a shot at that. You know, as, as uh, brands recognize their role um, in terms of being integrated, uh, and part of the larger, uh, community, you know, you're not just an advertiser anymore, you know, you're, you're, uh, as a brand, you're kind of a living, breathing organism as part of a culture. Um, and certainly that's, that's how we look at it. You know, we're responsible, um, uh, for what we say as individuals, um, uh, and we're responsible for what we say and do, uh, you know, as brands. And, um, you know, I think the word authenticity and level of veracity um, that is being required right now uh, of companies, of brands is really, really uh, important. And it's great to see happening. Um, you know, I've been doing this for about 20 years now, um, with the exception of a short stint in grad school. And, uh, you know, from from day one, there's been a lot of conversation about Diversity. You know, I remember back in 2000 when we were at Procter Gamble and, you know, they were telling us, hey, sometime around 2040, 2045, somewhere around there, it'll be a minority-majority uh, country. So the conversations have certainly been going, uh, but what have we seen in that 20 years? Uh, you know, we've seen, you know, a lot of, um, let's just say, uh, things in society that we would not like to have seen. Um, and, and as such, uh, I think brands and companies can go a lot further in terms of uh, walking the talk. And um, I, I hope that's where uh, we're headed to.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'll, I'll build on that. You know, I think, I think about it as, you know, brands are like people, you know, and, uh, you know, play an important part in society and people's lives, right? We, we, uh, we lead conversations we have, we lead actions, we have experiences, we, we have relationships with people, just like people to people and peer to peer. And so I think that, you know, the more um, uh, in tune we are with what's going on in the world in a way that is authentic to what's happening, the insight, but also authentic to who the brands are and the values that they have, uh, the better. And I think that, you know, it's, it's so interesting. I think the brands that that truly look at it uh, in in terms of ways of being honest uh, ways that they can harmonize with people's lives in ways that um, they can be uh, confident and 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 not be afraid to make mistakes and and not try to uh, be perfect every step of the way are, are the brands that that are going to deal with you know what 's happening today and forward right I think that you know it's it's going to be interesting i've had I've had an opportunity to be a part of two two big brands that you know are very much, you know, uh, aware of, of the ability to, to, to transcend, to go beyond, you know, the transaction, uh, the business and actually have a, make a difference in people's lives. And so, um, you know, with Nike, you know, using sport to, to move world forward, but at Beyond Meat, you know, using food as a, as a vehicle for change, you know, it is, um, it's realizing that, uh, you can take your values and apply it to, to, everything going on uh, and make a difference in people's lives and so so brands are going to make mistakes just like people do Um, and i think the ones that are transparent and open about that um, uh, are the ones that that are going to make a difference and so you're going to see i think uh, we're going to see a lot of mistakes for a long time um, uh, but that's okay
2: yeah absolutely sandy and maybe you could talk about that from an academic standpoint or even just your expert opinion on
5: that all of the above so i will say it's interesting to consider that diversity and inclusion as far as workplace legislation is only 57 years old. So this is a really new content and topic in that aspect, but there's such an opportunity, especially for brands, marketers, and advertisers, because at the end of the day, we are the communications, savants, and we understand how to tell stories and engage audiences. And at the end of the day, we are educating the public so in that sense we're reflecting culture and we have the opportunity every single day to tell the story and bring awareness to issues older than ourselves and I think that's just such a privilege and a responsibility both on the academic side when I teach these things but also in the advertising space as well. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of responsibility in both.
4: I think and it's interesting you, you bring up the 57 years the it, I think it's really important for people to step back for a moment and realize um, you know I think in in today's day and age in which we have uh, social media things feel like they're happening much faster you know we had we had you know Barack Obama as a, as a president I think I think there's a lack of recognition and realization here that, you know, there, there was something called the Civil War that ended in 1865 and it took a 100 years for the laws to reflect what 1865 was about, right? Uh, and from there, you still had all, all these problems, occurred, uh, all these issues, uh, and not just criminality or in the criminal justice space. You know just in business as we're talking right um and so i think we just have to keep in mind here that you know we're not we're not far away from those black and white photos you know of the south and seeing fire hoses you know on people and german shepherds on. yeah. we're not that far from that folks um so we have a lot of work to do and we need to each ask ourselves each one of us you know what's the little thing that we can do uh, to make the world around us a little better. You know, if everyone thought about that uh, and actually just did small steps, took small steps. Uh, you hear something from someone out there, maybe it's in, your, in a meeting or at work. You know, if it's not right, correct them Politely correct them, you know, and move on. Just don't overlook it. Uh, that's something small, right? Something for them to think about when they go home. And I think as, as, as these things start to happen, um, and people, brands, companies, uh, become more aware, become, uh, folks that are held accountable, you know, you'll start to see some changes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's on everyone. Um, how, how have you seen customers respond to cultural inclusivity and, and some of the efforts that you've put out?
3: yeah I, I you know I think that I think consumers I think respond um you know people are positively to inclusivity, but also um you know I think looking for the authenticity as well and, and looking for things to, you know actions being louder than words and and really you know looking for the voices to be heard and to say all the right things, but to actually uh, ensure that it that that it's that it's real and that um you know. When brands show that they are inside of the community and not um, sort of coming at them and they're from within um, in their actions, I think, I think that they respond really well. Um, you know, I mean, kind of building on, you know, something Kevin brought up. I mean, when you look at the historical perspective of this, uh, I think now more than ever, as people start to get, start to try to understand uh, truly what this all means today. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that behavior that I did was offensive. I don't realize that that situation I was in in this meeting wasn't quite right. I think you know that, this is it's going to take a long a, a time. This is where my point about mistakes. It's going they're going to be mistakes that happen over time because we're reversing something that people become used to becomes a part of everyday life. And so um, I think the more uh, again brands uh, that show that you know again the honesty around that and you can actually demonstrate that you know mistakes can be made. But also being a part of the, being inside of all of that as a part, opposed to coming at it from a condescending way, um, you know, people will continue to respond more positively. Um, there's definitely mixed. You know, people are sometimes apprehensive, uh, but um, you know, again, you have to I think, stay at it and be consistent, and relentless about it.
4: Yeah, you're seeing folks uh, vote with the wallet. Uh, we test for this actually at our company uh, when we we're testing our. Creative. Uh, We're we're testing for diversity and inclusion and attitudes that um, consumers may have about the um, uh, the efforts that we're putting out there, the assets and the creative that we're putting out there. Um, But I think I think in this day and age, uh, uh, and we're seeing it. uh, uh, You know, consumers uh, are are going to make themselves uh, uh, heard, and uh, you know, I think about. And again, we go back to the time conversation a bit. You know, after all this time, uh, and my friends at Pestico, I love them, but after all this time, they didn't think Aunt Jemima, and if you're from where I'm from, it's Aunt Jemima, by the way. They didn't think that was a problem. <laughs> 2020, that wasn't a problem. So, so we still got a long way to go. Uh, uh, I, I heard something the other day that, uh, that was an interesting data point. Uh, I haven't, to be clear, I haven't verified this myself, but the thing that I heard or read or something was the United States uh, is the only uh, uh, kind of first world developed country that was founded from its start with slavery. Uh, that that is That is saying something, folks. It is embedded in who we are, the country, all of this stuff. And to reverse engineer it is going to be very, very difficult. Um, We just have to keep working at it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can you share a recent example of how your brand has been mindful of or represented cultural inclusion, either subtly or overtly? Um, Any recent examples you can share with us?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, Uh, you know.
4: I'm, I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead,
3: go for it. Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, th- th- there are definitely many examples. I think, you know, when you have to kind of look at this year and how all of the events have, have compounded upon each other, right? From, you know, I even go back to Kobe Bryant's tragedy to COVID-19 to, you know, the racial tension that we're all experiencing right now, um, you know, uh, it it really has tapped into people's emotions. It's been front and center for everybody, right? And, and all of this is amplified. And so I think, as a brand, you know, paying attention to consumers and what's going on, and actually thinking about our values, you know, there there are examples of, of some some are more overt and some are more subtle. Um, you know, starting with you know. The, uh, when COVID happened, you know, you know, one of the things we did at Beyond Me is we created the campaign around Feed a Million Plus, which was certainly centered around feeding uh, the, the frontline workers. And so it relates to to, to what happened, what followed um, around racial tensions, because we're feeding uh, and giving back to communities um, that were so impacted and the the, the disparities that exist. Um, from a health standpoint uh, in communities of, where there's large peoples of color um, is something that you know, was, was definitely front and center, you know, as we saw all this unfold. And so the first and foremost, the thing is, is, is to just be true to our brand and be true to who we are and help. And so we, we uh, launched that initiative around feeding um, frontline workers and communities and serving uh, those uh, that were greatly in need um, through uh, plant-based burgers and our product. Following that, you know, as things escalated across racial tensions, you know, um, and the, the George Floyd tragedy happened, you know, I think everybody, we all were, were tested, right? So what do you do? What do you say? How fast do you act? And I think because for us, it's, it's, it was so front and center with our consumer, um, you know, the first thing is to say something, is to speak up and to do it in a way that is heartfelt, do it in a way that uh, feels, again, almost human, it feels human and not almost like a person is speaking because we are people that run the brand and, and putting out a statement out there and 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 uh, and and then following it with action and building on the right things that are not going to be um, a quick fix uh, doing things that are going to help over time so building short term and long term plans but the first thing was just simply um, to speak up um, and, and show that we're there we're listening and so the actions are unfolding and um, and being also very open and true that you know again it's it's there's no one thing it's going to build, and so the media things are supporting um, black-owned businesses that are out there, uh, vegan restaurants being back in the community again, showing that we're part of it. Um, we're not separate from it. We are the community. Um, we are. We're impacted by it, you know, personally and professionally as well. Um, and so we're with you, and so we're working through it together and being authentic in, in how we do that. So it's a it's a long haul. Um, I think I think those are those are examples of and, and it's and. It's tough to say whether those are, it's never enough. They're not perfect um, because we're not in a perfect situation. So, again, I think the more we are honest and open about that, I think the better. So, how we're going about it.
5: And I'll say from the academic side that when COVID hit, it was obviously unexpected, but um, At SMU, there was a student emergency fund created to support students. And the first thing we found that students needed were housing, especially international students who were all of a sudden stuck here without families. And it wasn't even publicized a lot, but we helped several students secure housing, which is pretty profound to think that that was even just a need, in addition to transitioning to all online learning, making sure that there were resources and tools to support online learning for all students um, equally, so that's a different
2: perspective as well. Absolutely, yeah. Kevin, you have anything to share?
4: Uh, you know, I would just echo uh, uh, what what Mark said. Frankly, um, you know, uh, with with our organization, it's a little bit difficult uh, to to make a lot of statements that internally we want to make. We've had these conversations, but. Because we have government oversight, you know, our, our organization exists as an act of Congress. We cannot do anything without approval from the United States Department of Agriculture. So it makes it a little bit difficult for us to really uh, play a part in terms of uh, vocalizing some things. We are able to actually execute and uh, be actionable on a few things uh, uh, that that do make sense, and they intersect with uh, uh, what our mandate is uh, as an organization. Uh, so very 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 important um certainly one thing that that we can and actually do uh is again i I go back to um you know our our creative again this is the marketing guy and this is a business uh panel yeah our creative speaks for us um in in this uh situation if you go back and look at every uh tv commercial i ever made at this company uh which is pretty much all of them uh since we've started Um, yeah, you're going to see a lot of diversity in in all of that created. You know, and and one thing that uh, uh, I try to do, and I have a specific example of this with one of our Super Bowl ads, um, uh, is is ensure that we're not positioning, uh, I think it was Mark that brought up, uh, the notion of sort of subtle, um, uh, untold uh, uh, situations that uh, we won't, I won't say we'll just call them slightly discriminatory uh, uh, and ensuring that uh, that we're not uh, putting uh, uh, we had a situation in which uh, uh, to not be as vague as I'm being, we had a situation in which uh, uh, the, the one African-American woman that was in the ad uh, was in a position that from my eye, as an African-American male uh, just didn't look right. And uh, because she was, she was doing something, uh, it would take too long to describe, but she's doing something as part of the, the ad that I could see as a person watching this of color saying, okay, of course you got the black woman doing that, right? So I had to move her from that role. So I, I think, look, you, you, can, it, you can have folks that have experiences uh, uh, of, of all types, all shapes, sizes, colors. But this is where diversity and having a diverse team comes in handy. You know, when you see uh, United Colors of Benetton or you see um, Gucci or you see some of these players that that continuously make errors in this space, the first thing I wonder is who's on that team? How diverse is that team? What's going on over there, agency and clients? So so I think those are things, even in a situation in which we can't, uh formally make statements we can make a statement by how we're talking to our consumer
2: absolutely absolutely i think that leads into my next question but before i get into that i just wanted to also say that we are taking questions from the audience so um, if you have a question just submit it and um, we'll try to get to as many as we can at the end but um yeah my next question is you know how are your own companies what what efforts are they doing to advance um, diversity and inclusion and you know improve diversity and inclusion within their own walls?
5: Yeah, well, I,
3: I you know I think that um, our our where I where I am where I work and, and I think ma- many companies really really all companies I think what you're going to see is uh, a lot of a- adapting and correcting right and I think that you know and that's a good thing right because again. Um, what people may have perceived as acceptable or just status quo or overlooked or didn't realize it um, is now front and center, right? As people have more than we've ever seen in any of our lifetimes, even going back generations. And so you now have um, this, this need to, to really truly assess, you know everything, right? From uh, the overt things to the little things, and and the way people act and the way people talk, and so I think there will be adjustments. It's just a true assessment, right? First of all, so wait a second, that wasn't right. That wasn't right. We don't have enough. And so I think there's that. There's that. I think the the, the next thing is is making this um, making this be uh, not just a issue or a challenge that exists amongst the people of color in our organizations. And certainly not at my organizations, it, it, it may be front and center um, because of my role, but it's really something for everyone. And so I think that that is the first thing and involving the an entire uh, organization. And that's everything from speaking to people, taking surveys, uh, really assessing, really listening, uh, our, our leader uh, talking about the importance of it um, uh, internally and showing that, you know, that this is something that is going to uh, be a part of us for the long term. And so that's a simple thing that I'm saying, but it's a really big one um, because it's not something that is just a part of what the problem historically has been. Where you point to a certain person of color to fix it, it's actually amongst everybody. And then I think it's the, the, the things that can, can build scale, uh, the partnerships um the uh the give back uh the initiatives that are more outward facing um uh that all you know kind of bridges the gap of showing that you know you're true to who we are inside and we're creating transparency around that as well as how we're we're making an impact uh around the world Um, so it's comprehensive um and again it's a it's not it's not any there's no one quick fix it's multi-layered but there's going to be
4: quite a bit around it
2: I don't know if anyone else wants to go next, Kevin or Sandy. Uh, 100% agree.
4: Uh, I, I could not add any more to that. Uh, that. That was right on as far as I'm concerned. All
2: right. All right, cool. Um, I guess my next question is, you know, um, how does your company hold their agencies and other partners accountable for, you know, a, Improving their own diversity and inclusion efforts within their companies.
4: I have. Well, from my standpoint, uh, I'm sorry, Sandy, please.
2: I would just say uh, there's
5: two points. Number one is give multicultural agencies the opportunity to pitch for general market. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
5: also insist upon diverse teams handling your accounts. Yeah, that's great
4: that's a good call uh, on both points uh uh i certainly uh over the years uh, you know our company started uh, in 2013 and we started gearing up all of the um, uh employee base that we have today uh in 2014 and since then you know we've added so many agency partners of which lerma certainly uh, one valued one um and you know for the agencies that i'm responsible for and that that i partner with specifically uh, over the years of the pitches that i've done things of that nature this is the question that i bring up um you know not only uh agency why but uh, specifically my team uh it goes back to all the things that i was saying a bit earlier uh regarding diverse um, uh, diverse uh, topics diversity in my in my creative uh, so is, so this speaks to the, to the second point that Sandy, uh, noted there, uh, I effectively just mandated.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, would agree. And I would just say, you know, I think as marketers and advertisers, you know, we're, we're really good at creating KPIs, right? We're really good at creating pretty clear, specific measurables to, to help a business, to help perform, to help create sales, all the things that make us thrive, um, I would say that, you know, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, um, we, don't, we haven't always historically applied that same that same expertise. And so I think, you know, when it comes to our partners, it's about just being really clear. Um, it's more important today than, ever, than it has ever been. And so there are some measurables around it. And uh, it's everything from um, the talent that you're using in an ad to, you know, the the, the vendors to you know, how uh, how we're conducting a meeting. Um, and so um, I think that those things need to be called out qualitatively and quantitatively as KPIs uh, against specifically against diversity and inclusion. Um, and so we're good at it. I know we're good at it because we, we do it um, we do it on our normal projects. And so make this part of a normal project as well. And um, we'll, I think we'll get there. We'll make a difference.
2: Great. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some of the questions that the audience has submitted. So um, this one is from Rodolfo Ruiz. What's the best time for a brand to join the conversation on hot topics?
3: Sorry to join the conversation on
2: on hot topics. So I guess yeah, like uh, things that are charged or.
4: well I, I and I think Mark coming from Nike, I'd be interested to see uh, what your response may be not to put you on the spot man, but um, just a, a personal point, a uh, personal opinion, I should say, um, it, I, I think you, I'm listening to the question carefully, and I'm hearing the term hot topics. Well, the question is what topic are we talking about, right? I mean I, that's the first question. I think the the how you engage, when you engage is very much dependent on that right is it a, is it kim kardashian came out with a new pair of shoes and that's hot or is it you know we have a social justice issue and that's hot um assuming that you are referring to the latter more than the former um you know my my point of view and it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier which is that you know i i i think it's best to engage when a Um, you you as a brand and as an organization have an authentic point of view um, that you have and you want to share and you believe that that builds to the greater good and certainly expresses your point of view in a way that is uh, uh, beneficial to the conversation Um, but then I think and then going again referring back to what we talked a little bit earlier I think it's important to do that particularly today uh, when you have some authenticity and action as well that you can either point to historically or point to uh, for now in the future. Um, because I believe, uh, from everything I'm seeing today, uh, you know, companies are being uh, challenged on that more than ever. Okay, um, so I think it's going to be really important to to make sure that the the speech when you do engage is able to be matched, you know, with the action.
2: Absolutely. Authenticity is so important, and we're seeing brands get called out who are not authentic. So that's very, very important. Um, this next question comes from Mary Lester. How have you rolled out diversity and inclusion efforts in the work-from-home environment, and how have employees in your company endorsed the efforts?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great one. We're all uh, in this, this situation talking to each other through a square box. And, um, you know, in many ways, I'd say uh, that it has created something that's an environment that's perhaps more inclusive, uh, because it's uh, put us on equal footing, uh, equal environment, um, and uh, created the opportunity to be, you know, to just to be more inclusive in terms of how how, thin- how you operate, how you communicate, and how you get things done. And I think. I know, from my standpoint, it has it has opened uh, us up to um, it's kind of allowed us to, to remove some of the dynamics that that don't feel as inclusive uh, in a in a meeting room and in an office. And so, um, by just inviting more and opening up the floor to to more opinions and more points of view and 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 more uh, tasks at hand, and it's allowed us to be more productive and more efficient uh, just in general. Um, there are challenges around it, um, but I'd say that you know it's helped uh, with us being more efficient and productive. Um, I think also, you know, just, you have to get creative about uh, ways to, to connect and to, and to, you know, have fun Zoom calls and, and, and things that are just a little bit more lighthearted. And that has uh, allowed us to open the floor for just ideas and uh, from top to bottom uh, of things that we can do and, and bring about just kind of new, new sense of creativity, you know, fun Fridays and, and things of that nature. That, Know, you know, you would never have thought of doing, uh, you know, when you're coming into the office on a regular basis. So just trying to take the challenge and flip it on its head uh, and make it positive because we're all we're all equal in how we're showing up. And so let's hear everybody's voice and, and, and what's going on, so. Yeah.
2: Okay, anyone have anything to add or we can move on to the next question? Okay, um, this comes from an anonymous attendee um, who wrote, what does a long-term DNI strategy look like to you? Our food manufacturing company has a diverse employee team. Yet we haven't directly discussed our DNI efforts. I think we may take our diversity for granted, and we need to celebrate it more. So the question is around long-term DNI strategy.
5: I'm gonna pull up the chat because section of what you were saying cut out. So I'm gonna look
2: for. Oh, okay. that. moment to repeat that. What does a long term DNI strategy look like to you? Our food manufacturing company has a diverse employee team, yet we haven't directly discussed our DNI efforts. I think we may take our diversity for granted and we need to celebrate it more. So I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on that. I'm
5: still I'm, I'm
0: actually looking at
4: I'm sorry, I was just saying I was looking up the question myself, I, uh, I'm having a little bit of audio difficulty, but I think the question was around, you know, long term uh, diversity inclusion strategy effectively. Um, look, I, I think um, yeah, I, I I mentioned this uh, before. Uh, you know, not on this call, but listen, long term DNI strategy. It really doesn't have to be that difficult, folks, okay? Um, hire good people. They're out there, okay? Uh, this is a big country. We are the third most populous country on the planet. okay? And of the other two, versus the other two, the percentage of highly educated uh, uh, people as, uh, per capita, uh, we're going to win that race, okay, uh, versus China and India. So they're out there, the folks are there. So the first thing, go hire them, train them, give them mentorship, sponsorship, uh, promote them, pay them, give them responsibility, let them show that they uh, deserve a shot. Um, and then from there, you won't, really won't have to do much else. Uh, uh, so certainly from our standpoint and our strategy is effectively that uh, we hire A lot of diverse candidates. I've got a couple of interviews I'm giving tomorrow. Uh, Both of them are diverse candidates. Uh, You look at our uh, executive team, a lot of diversity on that team. Um, uh, And again, uh, I I think the only white male we have on the of the eight people, we're talking about one white male. Um, Now, it's not the same. Uh, that the goal here is to reduce the ranks of white males. It's just to say that there are opportunities out there uh, uh, that other folks uh, need a shot at. Uh, and I think if you give them a shot, you give them a, a shot at the ball, uh, at the plate, uh, they'll be able to knock it out. So um, the strategy is really simple. It's just, it's just hire, support, and promote
5: and recruit from a variety of places and not just the traditional sources, I would say. And then also find yeah. ways to support people authentically to continue their education, to um, get involved with various resource groups. Yeah,
3: I would right. agree with that. And, that, you know, the representation, right? It's like, get it, get it right. And I think that, you know, when people say, well, where do I start? Well, the, the networks that we have are, are vibrant, you know? And I think if we're very deliberate about it, you can you can get to a plethora of of, of talent that's out there and and just but you have to be deliberate about it and and look to to proactively really want to have the right representation and make a difference and then once that representation kind of build on what sandy and kevin were saying is that the plan is intact because they're representing the things some of the things that may seem obvious that were missed are needed it becomes not just a dni strategy but it's a strategy for your brand and, and it's very inclusive um, already because you're represented more properly. Yeah.
2: yeah, you know, there are a lot of questions on here asking about the Stop the Hate boycotts, um, the boycotts against Facebook for allowing, you know, content to be posted, you know, that that shows uh, violence against protesters and uh, for, you know, designating Breitbart as a trusted source. So I think a lot of people are just wondering what your opinions are on, on that boycott um, what your companies are thinking about too, in regards to
4: that. Uh, you know, again, with us, uh, very difficult to make certain decisions, uh, uh based on strictly a political stance. Okay. Uh, that's, we're, we're a structure that just, it's very, very difficult. uh, uh um, I, to be clear, uh, you know, there are egregious things happening. Um, uh, with any given vendor or partner or anything like that we can we can clearly make those decisions Um, uh, so the first answer i would give you is that i may have an opinion the question is what can i do Um, and what i can do uh, is ensure for example that uh, to the extent that we are advertising uh, in social media that we're uh attaching our advertisement and we're assuring that our advertisement is showing against certain content uh, content that we actually want um so that we're staying away from anything negative anything that or could be perceived as negative uh things of that nature um facebook is certainly in a tough spot um you know they uh, they're, they're trying to maintain uh, a certain position uh, and i say facebook but really all the social media players uh they're trying to maintain a certain position of of um uh, Free speech, uh, uh, who are they to necessarily make the call uh, that uh, a certain statement or a certain uh, point of view is, is considered negative. I mean, uh, on the margins, it may be difficult to make that call. Uh, so I understand where they're coming from. But on the flip side, um, you know, when you become a, a company, whether it's a bank or a technology organization, et cetera, uh, that is effectively too big to fail, that comes with a certain set of responsibilities. So... Uh, so I, I don't envy the position that they're in. Um, I, I'd like to see, um, without trying to make the deci- a tough decision for them, I'd like to see, uh, personally, going to now my opinion, um, some better reaction I think from from them on it.
3: Yeah, yeah I would I, I would agree, and I think it you know it goes back to what I said in the beginning is that adjustments have to be made, you know, and I think that that is. Everything is amplified and front and center, and Facebook is a is a perfect example. And I think we had, you just have to clearly, truly assess and, and, and go back to the values of your brand, and if those things are being tested, then you have to make adjustments. Um, and uh, but you you know you have to do it and, and do it in a way that is, is true to your values. And once we once you do make that decision, stick with it and go. There may trigger something else to come out of it. And so um, you know uh, we're doing that you know as we speak. Um, in many areas, and Facebook is definitely one of
2: them. This next one, this one's, well, not the next one, but this is a good one, too, from Ruben McCoy. Um, do you believe this moment for social justice and the potential for change is part of a substantial shift? That will be long-term, um, and that gets traction across the entire nation, or do you believe it may possibly be more short-lived and part of a news cycle, and why?
5: I would say that, first of all, I don't see this working and acting as a trend. I think we are insisting upon systemic change, and it's just only going to get stronger as Gen Z becomes more of a player going forward, essentially. And I think social media and the opportunity to have a camera in your pocket and record things and be live and held accountable will definitely hold people accountable directly for what they do or do not do right now and going forward.
3: Yeah, I I sure hope it's long term. Uh and, and I and to answer the question, I think I think it is. I think that again this is uh the compounding of of several things right and and it's no one thing and it's not going away and i think that you know the best way to look at it is to look at it as it's our obligation as marketers uh, we have a responsibility because again we have we have uh, a voice we have relationships with people and we influence behavior and so the more we make it and we take on us upon us to make it something long term i think the better and Look at it as an opportunity, and like Sandy said, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by the generation, encouraged by my kids, and, and hopefully their kids' kids. You know, uh, of the difference that can be made. But it it it's on us, and so um, you know, let's let's actually answer that question together and make sure that it doesn't go away. Yeah. Hey, okay, here here's
2: another good one. Um, Kevin mentioned correcting an inaccurate, improbable portrayal of a black woman on set. Can he or the panel elaborate on the difference between merely including people of color in ads versus depicting diverse cultures authentically?
4: Versus?
2: Um, depicting diverse cultures authentically.
4: Sure, I, I'll, I'll try, I think, I'll, I think I understand the question. Um, Certainly you can cast for folks, um, uh, but I I think the same uh, place from which uh, ensuring that, in my example, uh, repositioning uh, a a cast member in an ad, uh, the same place that came from, I think is the same place in which uh, uh, you derive uh, creative storylines. Uh, that are authentic uh, when they are called for. Um, uh, you know, and when I say when they're called for, what I mean by that is when the creative involves, um, you know, diverse uh, cultures and things like that. And, and uh, you can that the writing and all of the things that uh, come with that copy and so on, you know, are, are appropriate. This is again where, you know, your diverse uh, team members, your diverse workforce, your diverse agency really comes in handy. Um, uh, and again, just speaking about it from a business standpoint, uh, look—you know—it's you, very tough to see things that uh, you may be blind to. Uh, it, it's very tough to even know what you may be blind to. Um, so this again, and this is what I implore uh, to, to folks out there: um, this again is where, particularly, I think in marketing, where our job is is communicating. Uh, uh, there's no uh, point personally or professionally from a marketing communication standpoint to speaking if the recipient uh, isn't hearing it, (laughs) you know, uh, and the the point of speaking is not to speak. The point is for the other person or the other entity to understand, uh, to take the message. And so uh, it's important then to make sure that you're removing any barriers to that, Uh, by being very sensitive uh, to any of these situations. I'll tell you one other quick anecdote. I'll talk about one Super Bowl ad. We'll go a couple of ads before that, a couple of Super Bowl ads before that. I'll tell you something. I missed something uh, in the creative. Uh, And this was uh, ensuring, again, that we wanted to make sure that we were depicting folks the right way. Um, uh, I ended up missing something. And my team, kudos to them, Uh, uh, at the agency came to me and said, listen, uh, we're thinking this might be a problem. We need to change it. And uh, once they pointed that out, I said, yeah, you're right, good catch. Um, So it's really just making sure that you have a lot of folks that are aware and know that it's not only important to them but important to you uh, uh, either as a team member, uh, a client, uh, an agency, or so on.
3: It's, a, it's, a, it's funny how that question ties back to the internal question about representation, you know, and having voices, of a, a mixture of people who can look for the right way to be authentic, um, but also be deliberate about uh, having, you know, diverse casting and things. Because if we're not deliberate about it, it we're, we're, we're not addressing the issue at hand. So it kind of goes twofold, right? Um, have, have, have an internal representation that can look for it, but but have some Some goals to to look for it uh, and do it the right way.
5: And make sure you're like intentional in every aspect of not only the creation, but then the follow through. And when you're building out your creative, like look to build in a diverse character as the hero and make sure it's genuine and build stories around multicultural insights. It's not just creative, it's all the way through strategy, too.
4: And test score. Uh I mentioned it earlier, test score. Uh, you know That's what we actually do. We I can go back and look at research reports and copy tests on this particular topic to see how consumers are responding to this.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sandy, this next one is for you. Um, what can colleges do to prepare the future of the industry with a D&I focus?
5: First thing is to be directly and closely tied to the industry. Um, be out there and talking to and figuring out what do you need from graduates right now? Um, How are you updating and keeping your curriculum current and modern? Um, There's so much opportunity in that. And then things like building internship partners with various companies and brands, bringing in variety of speakers to classes so that you can have as many voices heard by the students along the way in their career as it Student, honestly, there's a few, there's several things to do, but I'd say that's the beginning of it.
2: Okay, I don't, I don't know how much um, time we have left, but maybe we have time for one more. So let's see. Um, maybe okay. From from Ruben McCoy again. Um, he asks, as it pertains to marketing and advertising, historically, budgets have been lower across multicultural segments. You anticipate that this time may impact the bottom line for these segments, if so, how? I
5: think it has to, because if I remember the numbers correctly, what, 90% of market growth right now is from um, Black, Latino, and Asian communities. So you either need to adapt and address the market and reflect it authentically or go out of business, to be honest. All
2: right. Um, Well, I guess guess, um, that's all we have time for. I know it was supposed to be a 45 minute uh, conversation and we went a little bit over, which is great. I think it was a really insightful and amazing conversation. So I hope everyone got a lot of out of it. And uh, thank you for allowing me to to moderate this discussion. And I just thought it was great. So I'll hand it over to Pete. (laughs)
1: Thanks, thanks everybody. Uh, Again, thanks for the panelists. Uh, Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for everybody that uh, that joined in. You know, I I think there were so many of those things that I wanted to kind of jump in on and, and provide my point of view. And, you know, one of the, the last questions I thought was interesting, it, it said, you know, beyond casting, how do you, you know, really create more inclusive communication? And my answer to that would be tell stories that make the, um, I guess, the underrepresented more the hero in, in your brand. and And that doesn't have to be just a, a race thing. It doesn't have to be a gender thing. You know, make... Uh, a gay man the hero, make a trans woman the hero, make a special needs character, the the, the real uh, genuine story in in your brand, and, and not in an exploitative way, but in, in a genuine, meaningful way. And I think, you know, th- those stories are going to resonate, they're, they're going to mean something to, you know, not just the underrepresented community, they're going to mean something to all of us. And I think that's what we all have to get better about is uh, looking at, at the world and in uh, our brands our companies you know through as many uh, lenses you know we talk about walking in somebody else's shoes we, we all need to walk in you know lots of other shoes um, and so i'm excited about this conversation i'm excited that uh, lots of people are having conversations like this and uh, and i look forward to change so Thank you all again for joining us and we'll see you soon. Thank
2: you.
0: Thank you. you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope that as we move forward, the conversation continues and never stops with the spirit to create real transformation. We have created the Loud and Clear podcast to be open about issues facing our industry and the marketplace by starting a disruption through dialogue and conversation. If you give a shit, This sure seems like a topic that should be addressed. Please look for this interview on Lerma's YouTube channel. And if you have any comments, please send them to us and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do not forget to subscribe, and we will be having more of these conversations. This has been a special edition of Loud and Clear on the second season of the podcast. Peace out, and stay on the lookout for material coming soon on Zoom.